Before we get started today, I wanted to let you know why it's been almost a month since our last show. I've been out of commission for a while with a cold, and then as soon as that cleared up, I went in for some minor surgery. While I'm not fully recovered, I am well on my way, and I certainly feel good enough to spend some time talking with you. So with that in mind, let's get started. Senior Filene Echo, turn right in 120, back to the Dallas. It's IFR Flight Radio. 120, Echo. If you have questions about how to talk to air traffic control while flying IFR, we have the answers. Here's four Sierra Romeo, turn right, heading 090. Here's your host, Jeff Canarish. One of the hardest parts of communicating with ATC, in my opinion anyways, comes when a clearance delivery controller says, I have a full route clearance, advise when ready to copy. When you say, ready to copy, what follows can be overwhelming if you aren't prepared. When ATC says those magic words, it doesn't necessarily mean your entire route of flight has changed. There might be a slight alteration to one segment of your filed route. Out of an abundance of caution, ATC will read the entire route, including the amendment, to make sure you have a context for that amendment. When you read back the full route clearance to the controller, he can ensure that you not only understood the route change, but also how it fits into your overall route. Just because a controller reads the entire route to you does not mean you have to copy the entire route to paper. Now, you might think I'm out of my mind when I say that, because how are you going to read back the entire route to the controller if you don't write it down, especially if the route is long and complicated? Well, the answer is simple. You already have your original route written down in the form of your filed flight plan. Why rewrite what is already written on paper? My suggestion would be to pull your previously written route of flight, that is, a printed copy of your flight plan, and refer to it as the clearance delivery controller reads your full route clearance to you. As the controller reads the full route, most of what you have on paper will already match what he says. As you're following along, I recommend placing a check mark over every waypoint and airway on your flight plan as the controller reads it. Anytime the controller issues a waypoint or airway that does not match what you have on paper, write that change on the paper just above the relevant spot on your flight plan. Let's look at an example. Let's say a portion of your written flight plan reads Seminal Vortac, Direct Valdosta Vortac. The controller on the clearance delivery frequency at your departure airport says your call sign and then I have a full route clearance advised when ready to copy. You pull out your flight plan and with pen in hand, reply with your call sign and then ready to copy. The controller begins reading your clearance and then gets to the point in your route that crosses the seminal vortex. The controller says, direct seminal. So you place a check mark over the three letter identifier for seminal on your flight plan. Next, the controller says, direct Greenville. Greenville is not on your flight plan. The next point on your flight plan, as we said, is Valdosta. No problem. Simply write the three-letter identifier for the Greenville Vortec above the filed route and just to the right of Seminole. Next, the controller says, direct Valdosta. Great. Put a check mark above Valdosta because it's already on your flight plan. When you look at the result on paper, you'll see Seminole and Valdosta checked with Greenville written in above and between Seminole and Valdosta. Simple, right? Not really, when you consider some complications. What if you don't know the three-letter identifier for Greenville off the top of your head? 
If you try to write out Greenville, G-R-E-E-N-V-I-L-L-E, it's going to take a few seconds. Meanwhile, as you're writing, you can't tell the controller to hang on a sec while you write because he has his microphone button pressed and controls the frequency. You can't cut in. By the time you finish writing Greenville on paper, the controller has likely spoken the next two or three waypoints in your clearance. You've fallen behind. You can't have that, so what do you do to avoid this problem? Some instructors recommend having a chart out for your planned route of flight, whether it be a paper chart or a digital copy on an electronic device, such as a computer tablet or a cockpit-mounted moving map display. That way, when the controller says a waypoint that you do not know the identifier for, you can reference the chart and find the identifier. Well, good luck with that. I know, and you probably know from experience, it's nearly impossible to find a reference point on a chart and quickly copy it to paper as a controller is reading the entire route to you. I'm not saying don't have a chart out and available, because you'll want to refer to it after you copy the clearance. What I'm saying is the chart will be of no practical use as you're copying your clearance. So what are some solutions to this problem that actually work? First, there's nothing that says you have to write down the official three-letter identifier of a waypoint during the process of copying and clearance. All you need to write is enough to jog your memory when you need to recall that waypoint during your readback. If writing out the word Greenville in full is impractical during a clearance copy, simply write a few letters on paper that remind you that the waypoint is called Greenville. For example, you might write, I don't know, G-R-V-L. Or maybe just GRV will do it for you. It really doesn't matter what you write as long as it can be written quickly and it works to jog your memory. You can also preemptively ask the controller to phonetically spell every single waypoint during the clearance delivery. For example, say your call sign and then, ready to copy and please spell the identifiers for all waypoints and nav aids. In this case, when the controller gets to the point in our example, he will say, Direct Sierra Zulu Whiskey. Direct Golf Echo Foxtrot, Direct Oscar Tango Kilo. Note how the three-letter identifiers you just spelled out don't even come close to cluing you in onto what the actual names of the nav aids are. For example, SZW has no apparent connection to the word seminal. OTK would never clue anybody in who was not familiar with the identifier and knew it stood for Valdosta. My point is... When reading back the root clearance, don't feel obligated to interpret and read back three-letter identifiers as their actual names unless you know what they mean due to your familiarity with them. When the controller says direct Sierra Zulu Whiskey, direct Golf Echo Foxtrot, direct Oscar Tango Kilo, all you need to do is read back those three-letter identifiers exactly as he read them to you. Later, after you're done with your readback and the controller answers readback correct, you can look at that chart that you dutifully pulled out before all this started and match those identifiers to points on the map. Let's see, where is GEF on the map? Oh yeah, here it is. GEF is Greenville. So that's how you handle additions to a flight plan as they are given by clearance delivery. What about modifications to your route that remove waypoints or airways? Well, even here the solution is simple. Whatever is not mentioned in the full route clearance gets lined through on your printed flight plan. For example, let's say one portion of your route of flight is Crestview, then Victor Airway 241 to Wiregrass. 
On your navigation chart, Victor 241 is depicted as a dogleg route that changes course midway between Crestview and Wiregrass. In ATC's full route clearance, the controller says, direct Crestview, direct Wiregrass. Hearing this, you put check marks above the identifiers for Crestview and Wiregrass on your printed flight plan. But what about Victor 241? The controller never mentioned it. Well, that's fine. Simply line through Victor 241 on your flight plan. Even if you don't do that immediately, that's okay. Simply read back all of the waypoints and airways that you checkmarked on your flight plan, and after you hear read back correct, then take a moment to line through unchecked points and airways to make sure your printed copy is absolutely clear. That's a quick and dirty explanation of how to modify your filed route of flight when copying a full route clearance. Of course, I don't expect you to take these techniques and apply them perfectly in the field from this point forward, It's going to take some practice to get clearance copying well in hand. If you want to practice copying full route clearances, your opportunities are going to only come up once in a while. Even if you fly often, ATC will not have a full route clearance for you to copy every time. Most often, they're just going to say cleared as filed. In fact, full route clearances come up only occasionally. So trying to do them in the airplane, in the field, on an actual flight is probably not going to provide a lot of opportunity. But you can also try passively listening to a clearance delivery frequency using a handheld aviation radio or sitting in your aircraft with the battery on and master avionics switch on but the engine not running. You could also try listening to clearance delivery frequencies rebroadcast on the internet using, for example, liveatc.net. But good luck trying to isolate a clearance delivery frequency using that service. Liveatc.net uses frequency scanners that skip across several frequencies serving an airport. So the chances that it's going to dwell on a clearance delivery frequency for the initial clearance delivery and the pilot's readback are virtually nil. Also, passively listening to clearance delivery, however you do it, does not allow you to practice the techniques I just recommended because you won't have a copy of the flight plan in use for the particular clearance you use on the radio. I thought about this dilemma and came up with an idea for a program called Clearance Magic. I designed Clearance Magic to allow you to copy full route clearances using pre-printed flight plans and audio playback on a simulated clearance delivery frequency. There are over 80 practice scenarios in the program presented in order of increasing difficulty. Along the way, I provided additional tips and techniques to make you an expert in copying clearances. And as a bonus, I added a full course on how to copy and understand holding clearances to the program. You can check out Clearance Magic at ifrclearance.com. There's also a link to the website at the home base for this show, ifrflightradio.com. Check it out and let me know what you think. In our last show, I asked you these questions. You are on a long, wide base leg taking radar vectors to an ILS approach. The approach controller asks if you have the airport in sight. You do have the airport in sight, but due to hazy visibility, you do not see the landing runway. You know if you report the airport in sight, the controller is probably going to clear you for the visual approach. Due to your lack of orientation to the runway, you would prefer to continue with radar vectors to intercept the ILS approach. So, here are your questions. First, Is this an option for you? That is, are you permitted to continue with radar vectors to the ILS even if you have the airport in sight? And secondly, if so, what would you say to the approach controller to continue with the ILS?
And now, here are the answers. When you look at the weather ahead and judge you will not be able to continuously maintain visual contact with the landing airport, you should not accept a clearance for a visual approach. Rather than waiting for the controller to issue a clearance for the visual approach, you can preemptively avoid that clearance by saying your call sign and then something along the lines of, Cessna 30 Delta would like to continue with vectors to the ILS due to hazy in-flight conditions. Now that's just an example. There is no standard phraseology for this circumstance. So say, in your own words, whatever you'd like to indicate a visual approach will not be possible due to the weather. The Aeronautical Information Manual says you are permitted to use plain language when there are no standard phrases to cover your situation. Remember to get to the point quickly. You don't need to argue your case with ATC like a lawyer. Just give the controller your main point and let him get back to the business of lining you up for an ILS. Occasionally, when a controller hears your report of clouds on the approach path, he might ask you for a little more detail, such as your estimate of cloud tops or cloud bases. Try to help him out. Remember, he only has the weather reported over the airport sitting in front of him. He might like a pilot report from you to help build a better picture of the weather in his control sector. But if he doesn't ask you for this information, don't jam up the radio with an unsolicited weather report. Your job is to fly the airplane right now, not play anchorman for the weather channel. Questions? Comments? Ask right on the webpage for this edition of IFR Flight Radio at ifrflightradio.com or please write to me anytime directly at jeff at atccommunication.com. And now let's get to a brand new question. You are flying northeast on Victor Airway 17 between the San Antonio Vortac and the Centex Vortac. The controller at Houston Center says, Cessna 30 Delta, turn right 20 degrees vectors for traffic. As you turn to the right, you read back, Cessna 30 Delta, right 20 degrees. The controller follows up with, Cessna 30 Delta, expect direct and then the radio goes silent. Since that next transmission was cut off, you say, Cessna 30 Delta, say again. There's no response. In fact, you hear no other transmissions from the controller or from any other aircraft. You look at your radio control heads and notice the entire stack of radios and your transponder appears unpowered. You try contacting Houston Center again, and not only do you not get a reply, you can't even hear a side tone of your own voice as you transmit. Cessna 30 Delta, say again. You run through every procedure you can think of to revive your radios, but nothing works. And you do not have a portable battery-operated radio on board to act as a backup. Without question, you are radio out, or Nordo, if you prefer. At this point... Do you turn left to rejoin Victor 17 and continue along your previously cleared route of flight, or do you turn left and proceed from your present position direct to the Centex Vortec? I'll have the answer to that question along with a full explanation in the next edition of the IFR Flight Radio Show. Music for the show was provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com on a Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. If you're flying this week, I hope you have high ceilings and a smooth ride. 
I'm Jeff Canarish for IFRFlightRadio.com saying be well, keep in touch, and fly safe.